I felt the floor giving a slight buzz, and only then remembered who I was and where. I am the illustrious Leopold Orso, the Viscount Crusay. And now I am lying in the middle of the stateroom of my very own dirigible, like a hophead who just got his hands on some first-class dope. Smoke and mirrors? Curses. Smoke was gathering under the ceiling, but there was still plenty of fresh air where I had just landed, so I managed to catch my breath and chase off the delirium clouding up my muddled mind. With a hoarse cough, I flicked the tears from my eyes and discovered something sticky on my face. Blood. It was blood. I remembered cuts on my palm, left by broken glass, though the blood had yet to fully dry. The lacerations had already healed over and disappeared without a trace. No matter. I got up on an elbow and took a look around. There was more smoke in the stateroom than you could shake a stick at. Smoke, but no mirrors. Where the beguiling dancer had once been, there was now a wordless image of Isidore Duncan, a famous dancer, spinning on a linen screen on the far end to the measured chirping of a projector. She bore no resemblance whatever to the girl from my visions. As soon as I glanced up at the screen, snippets of the distant melody started reaching me again. The power of my imagination and my illustrious talent filled in the black and white image with bright colors, giving it depth and luring me in with all the forbidden draw of a mirage in the desert. Just close your eyes and you'll be at the shore of a distant sea. There, you can take your beloved by the hand and squeeze her tight. And there you will remain forever. Damn it! I don't want to live in an illusion. Devil take this cursed cinematographer and the intoxicating smoke. My teeth clenched in a wave of sudden rage. I gathered my strength and got up on all fours, but didn't manage to stay up and collapsed to the floor. My arms and legs felt full of cast lead. In the end, I crawled to the door out of the stateroom. In the hallway, I propped myself up on the wall, breaking out a porthole with my elbow. Fresh air immediately rushed in, washing over me like ice water. It became easier to breathe. My presence of mind returned. What the devil is going on here? Where were the captain, navigator, and steward? Why wasn't the crew extinguishing the flare-up? Perhaps the smoke wasn't caused by a fire, but some technical problem? I covered my face with my coattails and walked over to the control room, stopping and leaning on the bulkhead to catch my breath from time to time. My legs were quite loath to obey me, and the flames licking my face were starting to really sting. But I had nowhere to retreat to. I could only go forward. Before me, unfortunately, there was nothing but scorching flames. To realize that, I just had to peek into the crack door of the deckhouse. The greater part of the room was engulfed in flame. 
The stomach-churning stench of burnt flesh mingled with the acrid smell of burning rubber. The navigator was lying chest-first on the instrument panel, flames hugging his body. The captain was sitting back lifelessly in his chair, also not moving. He was dead, too. What bullshit! Suddenly, a sharp gust of wind sent a long lash of flame in my direction. I heard a crackling sound as a few hairs caught fire. I took a step back and saw that smoke was rushing out the flung-wide door of the gondola. And what was worse, it hadn't been opened by the wind. Halt! I shouted. But the last of the dirigible crew, the steward, was already stepping out into the fresh air. On his back, I saw the voluminous hump of a bulging backpack. I couldn't bite back a strong word. Devil! Devil!